kicked the knife with all his strength, and it went flying and became a seagull, squawking and flapping its wings and soaring fast and far over the Pacific Ocean. Dane landed hard against the woman, knocking her to the ground and planting himself firmly on her back. The yellow Honda was ten feet away, its engine howling, its presence menacing. Dane shouted, "'Run, Katie! Run for your life!' But it was too late. The woman's eyes became dark and flinty. The seagull fell from the sky and became a knife once more, and the witch grabbed it and plunged it straight into... Ma'am? The voice was calm, kind. Katie felt something cold against her face, and she jolted back from it. She blinked twice, and everything disappeared. The woman, the knife, even Dane. She wasn't on a beach on the hot sand or being attacked by a witch with a sword. The cold against her cheek was the window of the 757. Ma'am, you need to put your seat up. The voice belonged to a flight attendant. I'm sorry, I... I was asleep. That's fine. The woman gave her a polite smile. I just need you to put your seat back up. Yes, okay. She did as she was told. Relax, Katie, relax. The entire ordeal had only been a dream, a dream that, except for the snow and the wild, driverless Honda Civic, was exactly what had happened a year earlier. Katie felt her heart rate slow, felt her breathing even out. Everything was going to be okay. The trial against the insane fan was set for this week, and Dane had warned her that the media scrutiny would be intense. But she would survive it. Her testimony wouldn't take more than a day or so on the witness stand, maybe less. Katie brought her fingers to her throat and lightly massaged the place where the knife had pressed against her all those terrifying minutes. The blade had left lines on her that she had had to cover with makeup for two weeks. The stalker would have killed her. If Dane hadn't caught her off guard, Katie wouldn't be on the plane now, wouldn't be on her way to testify. She'd merely be another Los Angeles homicide statistic. Goosebumps rose on her arms. How long had the woman been watching them that night? Using two voices, two personalities, she was both Chloe and Anna during those frightening minutes, but the police had told them her real name since then, Margie Madden. The moment Dane had thrown himself on Margie, Katie pulled herself free. In the seconds after that, Dane made a mistake that nearly cost him his life. Katie had watched it happen, watched him twist around and find her, shouting for her to call 911, his eyes desperate to know if she was okay. And in the time it took him to do that, Margie had grabbed the knife and reached back. She raised it, intent on sinking the blade into Dane. Katie felt sick as she relived the scene. The knife glistened in the moonlight and she screamed his name. Just in time, Dane whipped around, and in quick, fluid movements, he kicked the knife out of Margie's hand and wrenched her away from Katie. Only then was Katie sure that they were out of danger. Even as Dane held the attacker face down on the ground, the woman continued to spout death threats. I'll have to kill you, too, Dane. Have to kill you, too. Katie inhaled and settled back against the seat. Enough. She'd have to relive the terror on the witness stand in a couple of days. No sense making herself sick by replaying it now. Margie was behind bars, where she most certainly would stay. Nothing about the woman was a threat. 
At least that's what Katie told herself. But her nightmares betrayed her confidence. And the cameras, there were always cameras, reminded her that another danger lay just ahead, a danger that threatened her privacy every bit as much as Margie had threatened her life, the danger of the paparazzi. Once the trial began tomorrow morning, they would be out for every morsel of story they could find. Most certainly they would learn her identity, and it would be nothing for them to figure out that she, Katie Hart, small-town Christian drama instructor, was the mystery woman who had kissed Dane Matthews on the beach just moments before the attack. Katie stared at the city, at the mountains that framed the San Fernando Valley. Back home, her theater group was headlong into rehearsals for Narnia, the Christian kids' theater production that would close out their season. Rhonda Sanders, Katie.